0: Great to be here with you this morning, whether you're here on our Canandaigua campus or perhaps at our Hopewell campus or watching us uh, through live stream or our online community, it is just great to be able to come and celebrate this Christmas season with each and every one of you. Before we jump into the message, I want to make a, sort of known to you a need, or an opportunity. Uh, it's hard to believe that a week from Tuesday is our first Christmas Eve service, I know some of you are thinking that's not Christmas Eve, but we really don't know which day was Christmas Day, so it actually could be Christmas Eve, we don't know. But a week from Tuesday, we have our first Christmas Eve service, and then of course, on Christmas Eve, we have four services here. We need about a half a dozen, about a dozen or more uh, people to step up if they would and uh, be a part of helping us put on that service by serving. And so if you're able to do that, uh, you can do one of two things. You can either head out if you're on campus to the Crosswind Central, and you can serve either Tuesday night or or on Christmas Eve night on one of those services. Or if you're watching online, you can come and be a part of the campus. No services. All you got to do is go to the crosswinds.church and sign up under serve. Uh, but we're excited about what God is doing. We're in this series. We're calling Christmas Playlist. And I love Christmas music. You guys all probably know that by now. I started listening to it October 1st. And so it's nice to be able to play it now and people think it's okay. Um, not that I really cared when I did it. Uh, but, but October 1st, I started listening to it. One song that has always made my Christmas playlist every year, I like putting together my own Christmas playlist every year, is The Little Drummer Boy. Interestingly, The Little Drummer Boy was originally uh, titled Carol of the Drums, and you probably know why, because of the pum-pum-pum-pum that happens throughout the song. I, I thought it was interesting. I was, I was sort of looking into it. No one really knows who wrote The Little Drummer Boy. Some people credit Catherine K. Davis in 1941 of, it, of writing it. But many people claim to have written The Little Drummer Boy. So if you ever wanted to claim you wrote a song, that would be the one to claim. Because a lot of people claim it and they're not really sure. My earliest memory of the song comes from, from the uh, stop motion uh, Christmas TV classic, The Little Drummer Boy. How many of you have seen that? That's some quality entertainment right there. And uh, I wasn't alive to see it debut in 1968, but I've seen it many years since. The song itself is so popular that it's, it's hit the... Billboard Top 100 uh, many times. In fact, Pentatonic's version hit number one. But I believe I was introduced to the song from that, from that Christmas classic, The Little Drummer Boy on TV. In fact, there's a story that my mom told me um, years, years later that, uh, that really sort of ties into that. Apparently one Christmas, a few days out from Christmas, she asked me what I wanted again, and I mentioned I wanted a drum. Now, I had not mentioned that the whole Christmas season. So she wasn't prepared for that answer. And she had mentioned other things I had mentioned. I sort of blew them off. I so I want a drum. Apparently, I'd watched a little drummer boy and was enamored by the drum. And my dad selflessly the next night drove all over town trying to find a little drum. Now, I don't know about all that. I was way too young. All I remember is that Christmas getting a drum. And so I appreciate my dad being selfless and doing that. And the song itself is about selflessness. The song is about the, the birth of Jesus Christ and, of course, the, the presents that were, that were presented to him. The part of the song that's always touched me is this. I have no gift to bring that's fit to bring our king. I mean, think about that. Haven't you been there before? I have no gift to bring that's fit to bring our king. The boy only had his drum, and with modest gift, he offered it. And in the song goes, he played his best for him, and the Christ child smiled at him. Now, I know that the little drummer boy may not have happened. I say may not have happened. You catch that? Because none of you were there, so don't judge me. But there's a lot of truth in this song when you think about it. Now, the one thing I do find odd as a parent now, I didn't think about it for years, but like it says that Mary nodded at him to play the drum. All I can say is at the birth of all three of my kids, if someone had come into the room with a drum, I probably wouldn't have nodded for them to play for him. But that may be a little, that part might not have happened. I don't know, but... But the little drummer boy teaches us a lot about the significance of, of what we have to offer God. My heart's stirred by this the song's modest presentation of this, of this boy humbly coming before the king, especially his gift in, in light of the gift of gold and, man, and frankincense and myrrh of, of the Magi. The drummer boy offers himself with his modest gift with all of his heart. And when I hear that song, you know, and again, the little drummer boy may not have happened, Right? But, but the biblical truth behind it is so, so firm. The little drummer boy teaches us to respond to the precious gift of our Lord and Savior by giving him our very selves. Giving him our very selves. I'll be honest with you this morning. I, I don't really consider myself and never have a very gifted person. I, I really have it. And I don't say that in any type of way of putting myself down. It's this reality is I have friends who they can do everything. Like they speak, they can sing, they can play instruments, they could dance if you want. I mean, they could do everything. They're like the one-man band. And, and, and I'm not envious of them. In fact, I appreciate, I really do appreciate the gifts that they bring to the kingdom of God. I love it. But I do know I have gifts. I may not be as gifted as some, and I may not be gifted in the depth of some, but, but all of us have a gift. In fact, we all at least have one gift that God has given us. Look with me, if you have your Bibles or your phones or up on the screen, 1 Peter four ten through 11. It reads this way, it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So God gives people different abilities. It's like a a gift that God gives us. He gives us a gift of salvation. Then when we enter into relationship with him through Jesus Christ, he gives every one of us at least a gift to use to benefit him and to and really bring him uh, glory and to benefit his kingdom and others. It's not important what gift you have. What's important is that you use it for God's glory. And when I've been around the church now for years, I think there's a, there's a couple of tragedies that really tie in with this one. And the first is this, so I see many people who desire to have gifts they don't have while not using the gifts they do have. Like, especially you may be sitting here and thinking, I don't really have a lot to offer and I wish I could sing like so-and-so or play like that person or, or, or do something up front. A lot of us, we've been raised to think that those are the gifts, right? They're the, they're the gifts. And the problem is when we envy and desire the gifts of others, and it overshadows the fact that everyone in this room has a gift, a gift that God has given us to use for his glory. It ties into the second tragedy I see happening uh, throughout God's church, and that is the desire for other people's blessings, the envy of, I wish I was blessed like that person. And the problem is when our eyes are on other people's blessings like that, guess what we miss out on? Our own blessings our own blessings, that all of us have a part to play in God's kingdom. And, and that's a significant part. Why? Because God's a part of it. God's a part of it. Many years ago, I was talking to my mom about this, and she said, I don't really feel like I do anything. I, 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 don't. I said, Mom, you're an encourager. You're an encourager. She goes, it doesn't feel like much. And I said, how many cards have you written over the years? My mom sent out so many encouragement cards over her lifetime, I think she kept Hallmark in business. Like when there were tough times in the economy, my mom kept Hallmark afloat. I really believe that. And she sent gift, uh, uh, encouragement after encouragement after encouragement. I said, I said, Mom, people do what they do in part because of God using people to encourage them. How many of you are either doing what you're doing or for a living even, or, or serving the way you're serving in part because God used someone to encourage you? And, and although her gift was sort of behind the scene, it allowed for things to happen elsewhere. It, it, she was a dream releaser through her encouragement. And so it's so important that we understand that, that, that we don't mistakenly pursue gifts we don't have while forsaking the gifts we do. All believers are to use our spiritual gifts or gifts to, to help others and build up Christ's kingdom. And, and we ought to use them diligently. Each gift is, is purposeful. that God gives it to us for, for a purpose to, to minister to others. And, and these gifts really are given to us on loan by God. He said, What do you mean by a loan for God? Well, look at 1 Peter 4:10. It says that we should be good stewards of these gifts. Now, what's a steward? It's a house manager. In other words, a steward, when it's mentioned in scripture, who was a steward? A steward was a house manager. He would take his master's things and he would deal with them in a way that his master willed him to deal with them. In other words, the steward had access to everything his master had access to but it was really sort of on loan to him to care for for his master. They weren't really his. He just had the ability to, to sort of use them for the way that his master wanted him to. That's how our gifts are given to us. They're given to us in, in, as a loan from God to be used for his glory. And, and, and when you think about that, you may say, man, I have a small gift, but I just want to encourage you this morning. A small gift in the, in the hand of a mighty God has unlimited possibilities. That, that God can take our small offering that we, that we hand up to him, and he can do great things through it. See, this, this I know, many of us will not be remembered in history. I want to encourage you this morning. Remember, that was mom's gift, not necessarily mine. But, but, but we may not. We may never find our name in a history book. And by the way, I'm okay with that. You either get in a history book because you do something really profoundly amazing or something really profoundly dumb. And so it's a 50-50 chance. And so if I'm not in it, I'm okay. Then I get myself out of that. But, 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 But just think about it. Just think about it. But we can make a difference that ripples through eternity simply by allowing ourselves to be used by God. Our name may not be attached to it, but church, come on. It's his name that matters anyway, right? And you just never know. You just never know the difference you may make. What about the gift itself? It says it's given to us by the grace, by God's grace, his unmerited love for us. And God's grace is manifested to his church as believers exercise their spiritual gifts in service to each other. It doesn't matter how many gifts we have or or what the gift happens to be. At the end of the day, the question is, are we using it for God's glory? Are we using it to benefit others? And and after all, I think of Paul's words to the church there in Corinth. He's writing to them. He says that God has placed this, this glory, this message of his in earthen vessels. You know who the earthen vessels are? They're us. The actual wording there is like cracked pots is really what, it's, it's really what it says in its, its original translation. It would be cracked pots. In, in other words, they're not, just really, they're not really like perfect earthen vessels. They're imperfect vessels. Now, guess who the imperfect vessels are again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The person next to you for sure, right? Yeah, uh, 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 earthen vessels, right? Now, why does Paul particularly, u- why does he use that particular verbiage? Because I think sometimes we think, man, we got to be perfect, then God can use us. And Paul says, no, it's in our imperfection that the glory of God shown all the more. That when he, when he chooses to give us a gift and we place ourselves in his hand to use, that people see him working through us earthen vessels, cracked pots, by the way, and they see something beyond us. Like, like they look and say, man, that can't just be Craig. There's something more there than him. Or there's something more there than you. And that it draws people to God. But it's not who we are, it's who we are in him. It's not our strength, it's his strength through us. It's not that gift, it's the power of God using that gift that makes the difference. I've often been challenged by. This quote from William Booth, who was the founder of the Salvation Army, he wrote this. He said, God has had better men than me, but he has had all of me. Let that simmer into your soul for a minute. God has had better men than me, but he has had all of me. Now, now I can't begin to say that God has always had all of me. But I can genuinely say I desire that to be true in my life. And when I think that all God has done for me, I can't think of a better thing response than to say, God, here I am. Use me. Whatever I have, big or small, it's yours. Paul writes of this to the church in Rome in Romans 12.1. He writes this. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Think about that for a minute. What What are the mercies of God he's writing about? He's writing about The gospel that he's presented from Romans 1 through 11, chapters 1 through 11. We've looked at Romans 1 through 8 this past fall. The mercies of God that simply put, God looked down upon us and realized we were in really big trouble. That that we were in need of a savior. We were in need of a sacrifice to pay for our sins that we couldn't pay for. Why? Because we're cracked pots. We're imperfect. It needed to be a perfect sacrifice. And so God did something quite profound. He didn't just give lip service to love. He demonstrated it. I say this often, but it's so important. How do I know that God loves us? Not just because he said he did, but because he showed he did. He left the splendor of heaven, and as one commentator interprets John chapter 1, he moved into our neighborhood. He became one of us. He put upon his divinity, humanity, and he died on the cross for our sins and was resurrected for our salvation. That that we can enter into relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And as we enter into that relationship, he, he gifts us, he gives us this gift and we become more like more like the Lord, that sanctification, right? We grow in him. That's being set apart. That's what it means to be holy. And, and this process of him using us and, and moving us. The mercies of God are what draw us to that. God's mercies, God's mercies are seen in the birth of Jesus Christ. They're seen in how he humbled himself and took upon his humanity, divinity. They're seen in the fact that when he chose where he was going to be born, he chose the most humblest of means, didn't he? A stable outside of Bethlehem. Interesting. I've been to the shepherd field outside Bethlehem. Had the privilege of going to the Holy Land about 10 years ago now. And I was there and... And Bethlehem is to your back, right? So you're sort of, if you face out into the field, it's to your back. And if you look across the field, guess what you see? Jerusalem. Jerusalem's less than six miles away. And I often thought when when God had this prophecy, we're gonna look at it a little bit on Christmas Eve, when God gave this prophecy, how ironic it is. But there's Jerusalem. That's where you expect a king to be born. And God shows his mercy and say, no, no, I want to let you know who I'm coming for. I'm coming for all of you by being born in a stable, a stable there in Bethlehem. We see the mercy of God in the miracle that his mother Mary being a virgin is betrothed to Joseph, a carpenter. And we see the mercy of God in Jesus being Emmanuel, God with us. And, of course, we we see the mercy of God in the fact that he died so we can live and in his living. Not only do we have the promise of eternal life, but the very power of God in our present living. See, as a believer, we we look ahead. We know that paradise awaits us. How many of you think that sounds pretty cool? But today, today, the mercies of God allow us to walk in his power and his peace and his love. When we ponder God's mercies, we we understand that that our giving of ourselves to God then isn't a burden, it's a privilege. Something happened. When I realized that, something just 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 turned in me. Because I'd hear a message about or read a message about giving myself to God and, and I would all of a sudden feel that that burden sweat. You ever had it? You're like, oh, it's a big burden. When I realized, no, 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 it's a privilege. Something, something really turned in me. When I realized that Romans 12 1 teaches that the Christian presents himself or herself to God as a sacrifice that's holy and pleasing, but that they're able to do it because of the work of God in their life. Think about it for a minute. we We're able to come to Christ because of Christ, right? But we're also able to serve him because of him. In other words, our, our salvation doesn't rest in our strength and our wisdom, and, and it doesn't rest in us, it rests in him, right? Come on, church. But our giving of ourselves to him rests in him as well. He gives us the power to do that. He gives us the ability to do that. It it just amazes me. How many of you guys have someone on your list that's hard to shop for? Everyone does, right? You may be that person that's hard to shop for. It's just almost impossible to shop for. What do you give God that has everything? Think about it. Yeah, the only thing you have the true power to give, yourself. It's all he really wants anyway. It's just you. Of all the things that God would want, he wants us. Remember that part of the little drummer boy that's always moved me. I have no gift to bring that's fit to bring our king. But what did the boy offer? What did he have? A drum in himself. And Christ smiled at him. See, a little drummer boy teaches us to respond to the precious gift of our Lord by giving ourselves. I just want to challenge us this morning. I don't want to put a burden on you. I want to share an opportunity. I'm sure we could say this at any time in human history, but I can only speak to the time in which I live. If there's ever a time where our world needs to see the love of Christ, it's today. If there's ever a time where the world needs to see hope, it's today. If there's ever a time that the world needed to understand that, yeah, the place we live can get crazy. But God is in control. It's today. And you know what God's plan is for them to see that? It's for us cracked crackpots. So when we leave this place and scatter throughout this region, we'll allow his glory to shine through us to them. Say, God, fill me with your peace, not just so I have peace, but others can be attracted to your peace. Let me have strength today, not just that so I have strength, but that others will be attracted to your strength. Let me me have hope today, not just so that I'll have hope, but others around me will be attracted to your hope. See, when we realize that that, that it's a privilege to be able to give ourselves to God, that he gives us the power to do that through Jesus Christ, amazing things happen, but you also got to believe you have a gift to share. You give yourself, but but God's given you at least a gift. And whatever that gift is, it's upon you to say, man, God, just use it. Just use it. And can I share that God's also given me gifts at moments to share in people's lives. Like, I don't know if they're like gifts I have all the time, but there's just a situation and God uses me in that situation. And I know it's for his glory. I know it's him because it wasn't me. And it's all part of saying, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. I remember I was on a mission trip. I was leading a co-leading a trip down to the Dominican Republic. And no one knew how to run the sound system, and we had to put it up every night to show the Jesus film, and some people sang who could sing. I did not. That would not have been an attractive mission adventure. But, but so, so they put me on the sound system. I don't know anything about how to run sound. Like, no clue. And neither did the other guy who was the co-leader who they say, be on sound. They put us on sound because so we really didn't have anything else to do. We literally, every time we signed, we, before we put it together, we prayed. I mean, no, no, honest to God, in all seriousness, we prayed, Lord, we don't know what we're doing. I was like, we didn't. We don't know what we're doing. Please help us put this together because we know you have a message to share tonight. I don't think we set that thing up the same way twice. I'm not even joking. I'm not, this is not like preacher exaggeration. I don't. We just plug things in. And we prayed and every night it came on. And people came to Christ. I don't have the gift of sound. But whatever God did there was amazing. That's it. Why do you say that? Because when you step out in faith, God does things like that. He does stuff. you've got to believe that you can give yourself to him. You've got to believe you have a gift. And you've got to believe, you've got to understand that everything he's given us is so that others can be helped, that his kingdom can be built, that he'll be glorified. And when you live in that, when you live in that place, God just does something in and through you that only, only he can do With the gifts I have, I've attempted to play my best for him. You know, that pump pum pum stuff. I, I can be honest with you. I'm not saying my playing has always been perfect. But I really do believe it puts a smile on God's face. That when I'm just giving him what I got, it, it, it may not be the best, it may not be perfect, but it puts a smile on his face. And you know what? I believe that's true for each and every one. I believe as our heavenly father, he's pleased when his children trust in him. God's worthy of everything we offer him. The story of the little drummer boy, again, it may not be true. Again, I say may not. It may not be true. But what we learn from the Christmas classic is quite important. The magi may not have invited the little drummer boy to go see the birth of Christ. But you know what? All of us are invited. Every one of us is invited doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you think you have to offer. God is drawing you to him. If you've yet to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, the greatest gift you can receive is him. To come to him and, and, and know that through him, he died for your sins, was resurrected for your salvation. You have life in Jesus. And believer, look at me. Christian, look at me. Every day, we're given the invitation to come to him. Not for salvation. Once we come to Christ, that, that's, that's done but to come to him every day and walk with him in our journey of becoming more and more like Jesus. As we gather here to put the glory of God on display, we scatter to share the glory of God with people in our homes, our neighborhoods, our workplaces, even through masks. The glory of God can be revealed. We may not have gifts like gold, frankincense, and myrrh to present Jesus, but we have something. We may not be gifted enough to play a drum and have people appreciate it, Right? I was once, you know, you've heard me say, people ask, can you sing? I say, everyone can sing. Can you play a drum, Craig? Anyone can play a drum. Not everyone would want you to hear you play it. <laughs> but we all have something. And in the God's ears, it sounds wonderful. Let me share with you the true definition of success. True definition of success, first, let me share what it's not it's not the applause of men and women. That's not what true success is. But true success is, 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 is not the recognition of others. True success is simply giving ourselves to the Lord. And whether anyone notices it or not, playing our best for him. I believe that's what brings the applause of heaven. I believe that's what brings the very smile of Christ into our life. Christmas. It's a time of giving and receiving. And and God has offered us this fantastic gift through Jesus Christ, his son, salvation and life. And how do we respond? We give ourselves to him. We just give ourselves to him. There's a humble confidence in that church. Humility is this. Anything I have to offer is because of him. It's not me. The world doesn't need me. The world doesn't need what I have to say. The confidence is, but God can use me to make an eternal difference. The world doesn't need me, but the world does need me to be a witness for him. The world doesn't need to hear what I think, but the Lord does need to hear what God thinks. And so many times I'm guessing you have been in this trapping too. I've said, God, where are you in that situation? And the Lord says, I'm there. Go do something. Be the answer. Play your drum for me. In a moment, we're going to take part in communion. Communion is, a, is an amazing sacrament in the church. Christ instituted himself, and, and we remember Christ as we take communion. We remember what he's done for us. I want to encourage you as you take communion this morning, maybe this will be a little different for you. Breathe in what Christ has done for Brieve out yourself to him. Say, Lord, what you've done for me is so amazing. Thank you for doing that. By the power of your spirit, use me to share that love with others. May God make us conduits of his love, conduits of his power, conduits of his peace as we play our best for him. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for telling us you love us, but not just giving it lip service. You demonstrated love. You came. And you came in such humble means, and you even humbled yourself by taking humanity and placing it upon your divinity. You came with the most astonishing of purposes die for our sins and be resurrected for our salvation. And Lord, I'm so thankful that no matter where we find ourselves this morning, no matter where we find ourselves when we're listening to this message, that you draw us to you. We're invited into relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, if there's anyone who's yet to receive you as Lord and Savior, that they would take that step right now by faith. God, for each of us who know you, as Savior and Lord, Lord, may we every day, may we every day come to you. Remember, remember at the end of the day, what is success? Success is simply following you. It's it's simply, at the end of the day, being able to say, Lord, I, I followed you. It may not have been perfect. It may not have been noticed by anyone else. But, Lord, we've walked together. That's success. God, thank you for inviting each of us to walk that with you. Lord, you're amazing. You're amazing. And I thank you, Lord God. You're so worthy of ourselves. So thank you for giving yourself to us. And Lord, may we be found giving ourselves to you. And may the world around us be impacted by your power, your glory, your love. In Jesus' name, amen.